From the American College of Financial Services, it's time for NextGen in 10. I'm Ross Riskin, chair of the NextGen Advisory Task Force, and for the next 10 minutes, you'll be joined by our hosts and guests discussing topics relevant to up-and-coming financial advisors. Hey, NextGen, it's Alana Phillips. We are here today with Roberto Duran, Wealth Advisor, and Anna Klein, Practice Manager with Odyssey Wealth Design. Thanks for being here with us. Happy to be here, Alana. Thanks, Alana. I am excited to dig into a problem a lot of advisors have, our advisor teams, is creating systems and processes. And I know we have a mutual mentor, Nick Horn, who I, I hope is listening to this podcast. Hey, Nick, that has told us if you have a problem, make it a process, and then you won't have a problem. So I want to talk about that. You, from what I have seen, have incredible documented systems and processes. Anna's role has evolved. Has it always been this way, so systematized? I'll say no, it has not. (laughs) Yeah, really, it's just, you know, we've all been there as professionals, as individuals, where you fall on your face and you recognize, I don't ever want that to happen again. So if you don't want it to happen again, you create a system or a process to minimize the probability of that happening. Yeah, I am hoping that there are some listeners out there that that resonates with. Perhaps you are currently falling on your face and you don't want to do that anymore, in which case this is a perfect episode for you to listen to. Anna, can you talk about today, how do processes get formed and maybe give us a little bit of what did it look like when you were falling on your face versus where you guys are today? Well, at a very simplistic level, a process is formed when you identify there's a need for it. And usually that happens when you've been falling on your face. And it's finally a conversation that happens where you say, all right, we we have to figure this out. Now we know what not to do. Let's document it and go from there. And of course, you know, in the beginning, it was just Roberto and myself. So just the two of us trying to take care of everything together. And so, of course, things were probably going to slip through the cracks. We were trying to do our best. But from that was born a lot of processes that we have continued to build on to this day. It's a very messy process, absolutely messy. And it's a never ending process because you might have the best process, for example, prepping for a client meeting today, but then suddenly something changes, a system changes, the way you do things change, the way you want to do things change. So you're going to need to update the process. And there's the catalyst for evaluating what's going well, what's not going well, and then continuing to have that discussion of how can we make this better and implement it. And, you know, as I think about it, it's at first it's you want things to run as smoothly as possible, but then you get to that next level where you want to intentionally create an experience for your clients. So it's not just about not wanting to fall in your face. It's about wanting to show your best face. And, and, you know, really create an experience for them, something that is emotional that they can connect with and want to keep coming back for. I think this is so cool. And and just that our industry is here that we're talking about creating experiences versus just trying not to fall on our face. It is a a very different function within your practice. So I want to dig into a little bit about one of the processes that you have. And Roberto, maybe you can set the stage for us of why you have a specific process around client meetings and that experience. And then Anna, you can give us some of the specifics of what happens 
happens in preparation for those meetings, during the meetings, after the meetings, so that our audience members maybe can take some of these things and start to implement them? Yeah, Lana, it's sort of analogous to putting on a performance, right? So when you're going to be on stage, you might spend a few hours on stage, but how many hours did you spend preparing for that? right? And then how many hours are you going to spend after each performance trying to make sure that the next one is that much better? So in terms of a client meeting, it's when you're on stage with the client and so many things have to go right for you to be fully present, fully prepared, fully aware, and really deliver the best possible experience and advice to the client in the moment you're engaging with them and create that connection. So there's a lot of intention that has to go into it if you really want to have that optimal experience. I love that illustration, Roberto, of being on stage. And I think it makes you as an advisor consider yourself differently when you go into those client meetings. So Anna, can you walk us through for the audience, right? And especially our next gen folks, right? That are falling on their faces. What's the prep work look like in this process? Cause you've got, I mean, a full process pre client meeting, during client meeting, after client meeting, walk us through the whole thing. Absolutely. So it all starts with scheduling. And Roberto and I have a scheduling meeting once a week to hone in on our service model, make sure we're meeting with the right people at the right time or when we said we were going to meet with them. And then after I schedule that meeting, we utilize Redtail, our CRM system, and their activity templates, which we've created. So there's an activity template for scheduling the meeting that I'm a part of. And if I need somebody else on the team, I'll add them as an attendee so it shows up in their Redtail. But I'm usually the one spearheading the communication with the client of, hey, it's time to meet and here's why. When are you available? Once the meeting gets confirmed, there is another red tail activity that gets created by me and it includes the entire team and it has when is the meeting happening? What type of meeting is it? So they know how to prep for it. When is the prep due to our senior financial analysis, Edgar Ruiz, because Edgar is the one that has the prep meeting with Roberto. And we aim to have that prep meeting for the client meeting a week ahead which gives us enough time for Roberto and Edgar to prep for the meeting and then reach out to the team for any feedback, any questions about the prep we've done to include, and probably the most important part, do we need to touch base with the client a week before the meeting because there might be some things or pieces we're missing to be able to actually deliver value in the meeting in a week. So that's for actually prepping for the meeting. During the meeting, Roberto has a template, a note template that he's taking notes on, which will eventually get to the rest of the team after the meeting. And I, I want to pause here really quick and just say that during the meeting, there are a couple facets that we do as a team. There's a virtual lobby love we have that we do for some of our clients where we all hop on on Zoom and say hi and have that communication with them. Or sometimes, it doesn't happen often, but talk about being stage ready. Sometimes Roberto will ask myself or somebody else on the team, hey, can you hop on the Zoom really quick? I have a question to ask you with the client. So that's being on stage. So we have to be presentable, be ready and look and sound professional when, when we're there in front of the client and with Roberto. 
That's so cool. Anna. I just want to interrupt for one second because I think being on stage, being intentional, even in virtual meetings, the whole team is still involved in this lobby love that I know you used to do in person or would have, you know, a client get a tour of, of where everybody is and sits. You're still doing that even virtually and it's working. Yeah, absolutely. And it's being met with a lot of enthusiasm because people still crave that connection, whether it's Zoom or whether they're in the office and we're able to emulate that same feeling of, we care about you. We want to take care of you. We hope we're bringing you value. Please let us know. So that's wonderful for during the meeting. And then after the meeting, we also have a process for follow-up from that meeting. Roberto's got, as I mentioned, a meeting note template. He sends that out to everybody at the end of the meeting where it's all filled out. And there are bullet pointed action items at the end of those meeting notes that specifically say who is in charge of this and when does it need to be done by those get put into red tail as activities. And then as one final catch all, we have our weekly follow up and prep call where we go over the meetings that have happened. And we all want to make sure we're on the same page with the follow up items that may have come from that meeting. What's the status? Is everybody okay on it? So yeah, constant communication. That's so cool. I think, Anna, such a great breakdown for our audience of what that looks like. I think there's still so many advisors that you know, are walking into a meeting, not sure what they're talking about, what's on the agenda, what the client expects. They've scheduled the meeting or someone on their team scheduled the meeting, but there's not this level of intention to it. So I'm going to stop us there and we'll be back after this quick break. The American College of Financial Services is dedicated to providing applied financial knowledge and education, promoting lifelong learning and advocating for ethical standards for the benefit of society. I'm George Nichols III, President and CEO, and I encourage you to listen and subscribe to this and other college podcasts as we continue to expand our horizons in this digital landscape. Remember, no matter what, we are always stronger together. Visit theamericancollege.edu to learn how you can be part of the change we're building. Deliver financial planning for every person and every need through our chartered financial consultant education program. Find the tools and skills you need at theamericancollege.edu slash chfc. Thanks for joining us. We'll pick up where we left off. Another thing I love about what you talked about, and I was just listening to a podcast with Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's the guy that wrote Hamilton and In the Heights. And he was talking about, you know, the creative process around what he has to do, but the importance of having deadlines, right? That even if this is an experience and you're on stage and you're an actor, you know, as, as he is or a director or writer, whatever role he's in, having those deadlines is so critical. So somebody knows when something needs to get done by and who's responsible for it. So So who manages that process then? It starts with Roberto and in his meeting notes, he is already delegating out who is best on the team to take care of that follow-up item. And then of course, as I mentioned in that weekly call, if there need to be any changes to who is doing that, or maybe somebody needs to pass the baton on to somebody else, we'll do that and we'll update the red tail activity. So again, just constant communication, but it, it starts with Roberto and his notes. We go off of that first. And then if adjustments need to be made, we do it. So you didn't seem to stumble over any of this process, Anna. I'm assuming this is a documented process. You guys follow it. Where is it documented? It sounds like you're using technology with Redtail, And how are these processes checked? 
They are housed in our iDrive, which is the shared drive that everybody on our team has access to, nobody else. And they are housed in the processes folder. Really, we've got a process folder and then we've got another folder where it links to the processes folder and it has all the actual documented things that are going on and where we evaluate them and where we update them. So an easy place for everybody to find it, which is probably one of the most important things we we do with new people is we say, let's show you how the iDrive works because there's just so much information in there. And so a new person then, when you guys hire somebody, can come in, they go to a process folder, they can look up the process for client meeting scheduling, whatever it is, and then they can just follow that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's all pretty self-explanatory, but doing the training when somebody onboards, that's majorly one of the first things that we do. And we're now in the process of turning, of course, those documents into workflows you know, on our CRM. So that's next level. We do have some of them in workflow format and we're in the process of converting all of those over, but it always starts with a document and then you, you transition it. Yeah. Can you talk to me about what that means, Roberto, a workflow? Sure. It's, it's an automated process within the CRM system that really keeps you from skipping any steps. Because one of the challenges with having a document, even if it's a checklist, is that over time, our human nature is that we tend to memorize the checklist and then we think we don't need it anymore. And then we end up skipping steps. And, you know, in our business, someone might not die because of that, or, you know, there may not be some critical scenario, but it relates to their money. And that's extremely important for us. And we want to make sure nothing slips through the cracks. So the workflow really, you can't move to the next step until the first one's completed, et cetera. Very cool. That's a great use of technology too, to eliminate some of that human error. So even though most of the time folks are not going to die if we miss something within the checklist, does this create an easier understanding for your team of how things are going to go? Does it lower their stress? What are some of the benefits of this automation that you use? So I think the first thing is when you have a problem, if something's not going the way you wanted it to, you say, is it a problem with the process or is it a problem with the person, right? So if we look at the process and we say, well, the process should have caught this, then we know it was a human error. In order to create a consistent experience, you have to have these checks and balances and that's enabled us to do that. I love it. Anna, any thoughts on how this has benefited your team to have these processes in place? Yeah, I think it just boils down to everybody understanding what needs to be done from day one. We've onboarded somebody new on our team, Jennifer. She's only been with us for three or four months. And I have firsthand seen how beneficial it is to have these processes, continually update them, know where to find them, train somebody on them, because we're only as good as our processes. And I would say within the first month of her being with our practice, she was already doing prep. She was already understanding what meeting was what, what happens in each meeting, you know, the purpose of it. I mean, that's another part of a process as well. Why are we even doing prep? So that's very beneficial too, for everybody to be on the same page on the team. And speaking to all the advisors out there, if you want to take time out of your business, take a vacation, step away and know that your practice is self-managing and it's still operating and it's still productive at a high level, you're going to want to document your processes so that way that can happen. Otherwise, your practice is going to be dependent on you and you all know how that feels when you can't take a breather 
And that, that's not the quality of life you probably want to have. So put in the work. I promise it'll save you a bunch of time, not only in the practice, but when you want to step away from it. Well, thank you both for being willing to share this. I think smoother onboarding for new folks joining your team, a consistent experience for clients on and off stage. And Roberto, what you just talked about for advisors that do want to have practices that run without them, this is so, so critical. So thanks for sharing the secret sauce with us. Thank you. Thank you, Alana. For more episodes, visit our website at theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. This has been Next Gen in 10, brought to you by the American College of Financial Services.